0: Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment, and uh, it is such a great honor and privilege that you have clicked that button and said, talk to me. Um, uh, We are here today with with John Opeluski and a surprise guest. Good morning, John.
1: Good morning, Jim. It's good to be with you. I can't believe we're on 164.
0: Wow, it makes Uh, me feel old. It really does. It really does. Yeah, it feels like dog years, you know, or something like that. Like it shouldn't, it's going faster than it should in some ways. (laughs) What do you got with you here today?
1: Uh, We have a very special guest with us today. Jamie Halavin uh, is our guest uh, on uh, today's podcast, episode 164. Jamie has been a good friend of Laura and mine for, oh, let's see, probably a good 25 years now. Wow! And, Multiple uh,
2: decades. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, I I think the first time I met Jamie, I did. I may still have had some hair. <laughs> it's, it's been that long.
2: No okay. kidding. Um,
1: but we're so delighted to have you with us today, Jamie. Thanks for joining the podcast.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm um, I'm just trying to convince myself that this is a conversation just between the three of us and that nobody yeah. else is going to hear it or just, see how yeah. so that helps. It, it
0: really is. It's just <laughs> the three of us and the thousands of people listening all over the world, but just just ignore them. Just ignore them. This is for us.
2: <laughs> it really is.
1: So Jamie, when we have guests on the podcast, we're always interested to hear uh, their story of how they they came to Jesus. Um, And I wondered if you could give us your story, you know, how you came to know the Lord.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share that. I I love telling that story. It's a pretty pretty remarkable um, God-ordained thing, um, obviously, as all stories of coming to Christ are. But I'll go back a few years and start off that, um, start off by saying that uh, my mom found out she was pregnant with me when she was 17 years old. She was a senior in high school. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a, a life altering time for her. I mean, as finding out you're pregnant usually is, but when you're a senior in high school, even more, more so. So after the immediate freak out uh, she and my father um, decided to um, make it work um, they decided to obviously give birth to me and get married and um, attempt to to raise me as a very young young parents and um, the first years almost decade was um tumultuous as it, there weren't it wasn't smooth sailing necessarily. There were a lot of bumps in the road and um, <clears throat> it was pretty rough for them over those early years. Definitely not a walk in the park. And I remember that um, I was probably eight or nine years old. It was the summer of, um, well, I'm not going to tell you what summer it was. I don't, I don't want it. all of our thousands of listeners to 2010, know.
0: 2010, <laughs> I believe it was the summer of
2: 2010. summer of 2010. Um, my my grandmother on my father's side had recently um accepted Christ as her savior. And she had begun going to an assembly of God church. She lived in, um, in the thumb area. If you're from Michigan, you know, uh, you know, if you know, you know, she lived near Harbor beach. And so she was attending an assembly of God church there. And, um, my parents were recovering from a fairly difficult time in the relationship and we're trying to make some things work. So they, um, sent my brother and I to stay with my grandmother that week. And we attended a a VBS type of program mm-hmm. during the week, and and wow. I remember um, an altar call was given, the invitation to accept Christ was was given, and I I went forward and um, accepted Christ as my Savior, wow. and then when um, I came home later that week, my brother and I came home, my mom sat us down on the couch. She said, guys, I, I need to tell you something. Something happened to me while you guys were at grandma's house. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, what what life altering thing? Oh, yes, another life-altering thing. She said, um, I was watching TV and a man on the television named Jim Baker told me how to give my life to Jesus. And I did that. And my brother and I were like, Oh yeah, we did that too. <laughs> wow. So it was just really wow. cool the way God was working, you know, hundreds of miles apart. Um, in separate parts of the state, um, all to, you know, make this, everything come together. Um, And over the years, you know, we kind of grew up as a family in faith. My dad eventually started coming to church. And again, it wasn't always smooth sailing. And and to be honest, I did struggle to um, make my faith my own into my teen years. And then probably by my, it was my senior year of college um, through a pretty, um, supernatural supernatural experience, pretty elaborate story that I won't get into right now. Um, yet another one, God, I guess has to do that to get my attention. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I recommitted my life to Christ when I was 21 and, and never looked back. So that's my wow. story. Wow,
0: <laughs> I love that. You know, what, one of the things we say here is we ask two questions and that is what did God save you from? <clears throat> the second one that we always like, especially for Christians to ask, People who just recently came to faith is what do you believe God saved you for? Mm-hmm. And I I know since that that commitment, you know, in your senior year of college, so many things. You, you went from the receiver to the giver, you went from the, the child to the mother, you went from the single to the wife, you went from, you know, your your ministry gifts grew. So what what happened since then? I know you guys have been in a lot of roles of ministry, yeah. but just tell us about that journey. I think it helps too when people are listening, you're like, Oh, she's been and youth ministry she knows the language she yeah. she's not she's not some scholar that read about it she's been through the trenches of it you know so no, tell us I what's have- happened since then
2: I'm uh, definitely, you know, it was my senior year in college. I actually went to Wayne State University in um, in Detroit, Michigan. Um, so I'm definitely not a Bible scholar. My degree was in um, communications. So, <laughs> and I felt like from that point on, from the <laughs> age 21 on, God had me kind of on this crash course of, I had this plan for your life. And even though you weren't exactly following it, I'm going to kind of fast yeah. forward here. So um <clears throat> shortly, well, a few years after I recommitted my life to the Lord, Aaron and I, my husband Aaron and I reconnected and he felt a call to ministry. And we have been in um we were in youth ministry for six years. Actually we were, we were John's kids youth pastors for <laughs> for a bulk of yes. that time.
1: Yeah. Um, the boys yes. were
2: part of our youth. And I
1: have a little story I want to tell. I want to yeah. uh, when you're finished with this, I have a
0: story about that. <laughs>
2: I'm and so pictures scared. too he's going to show pictures <laughs> so scared um so yeah scared. so we, we were in we were in youth ministry for about 6 years and then after that um Aaron was the associate pastor at the church we we ministered at so he did that for about 4 years and then we were lead pastors for um for about 13 years up until um may of of 2021 so i don't know if you want me to tell you about what we're currently
0: doing you you resigned from ministry at that point and and, no uh...
2: (laughs) we we were um (laughs) my husband was elected to a role in um our our denomination our fellowships network uh we are part of the assemblies of god michigan ministry network and at that point in time um the lead role of that is called superintendent and he was elected to that role um, and so we resigned ministry at the church we served at and stepped into a different, um, role. And that one's a pretty, um, complicated role, but essentially what we do is he is, um, Over, for lack of a better word, the excuse me, 250 plus churches in our network, 850 plus credential holders, ministers, global workers in our network. Um, And by over, I just mean he resources, casts vision for our network, um, connects with, provides support for churches, that type of thing, um, steps in in times of transition and crisis, and all of that.
1: (laughs) So, so Jim, uh, the story I I wanted to tell. uh, Jamie and Aaron, uh, you need to know how, how, how much of troopers they really are. Um, they agreed, uh, many years ago, uh, Laura, uh, Laura and I were, went on a trip to, uh, Cabo San Lucas and Jamie and Aaron agreed to watch our four boys for an entire month. <laughs> and if you yeah. know my boys, they're wonderful kids, but they, they were like energetic.
2: They were good. They they were really good. They, <laughs> they were really were good. good.
1: <laughs> and uh we'll uh, never forget that, you know, that we uh uh that they uh they agreed to take that on uh and uh they went up several notches in <laughs> our uh in our I'll view bet. after in your eyes
2: i don't I don't know if we went up any notches in the boys <laughs> eyes. so we may have been I don't know we may have slid uh, down a few
0: <laughs>
1: so Jamie uh, uh a while back, you wrote some content for mm-hmm. the Converge Coaching blog about survival tips
0: mm-hmm.
1: for introverted leaders, and uh, that came out. I think that the blog came out last week, and man, what a hit! It it was so well received, so many readers, and I thought, man, we should we should bring it to the podcast uh, audience, um, and I'd I'd love uh, for you to start with some myths that people have about introverts okay
2: <laughs> well first of all i think the reason it got so much uh, traction is because all the introverts felt seen they were very you know they're like oh yes, yes I, I hear that i hear that um okay so let's talk about some of these myths the first one um that i have well obviously i'm an introvert uh, or else i would not have felt comfortable writing that blog so um <laughs> One of the myths that I have felt that I've helped bust over the years of my introversion is that um introverts hate people. Uh we don't we just we can't stand the human race. We don't want to be around people. If we could just you know live in a hole at all points in time, we would do that. Um that's not necessarily true. I not
0: necessarily
2: I, true. <laughs> that's not true. Cases. <laughs> in all cases. Across the board, introverts don't Hate people. They, um, they, they love actually their, their people, their group of people. They tend to have smaller, um, circles of friends, you know, not a huge, vast array. They're not, you know, walking into the party in the center of attention and life of the party kind of thing. They'll have a smaller group of friends that they love very deeply and, um, are committed to. They're very loyal. Um, and so those, um, those friendships tend to run very, very strong and very deep. Um, I, I tell people, it's not that I, I hate being around you all. I love you dearly, and I'm having a great time while I'm in this group of people in this group setting, but I'm just going to need a nap afterwards. So that's <laughs> that's generally how I, <laughs> I tell people, <laughs> explain introversion. It's like, I love you, but you wear me out.
0: Can, can I ask you a quick question about that first myth? Is it is that the number one thing that came to mind because people said, oh, Jamie's not a friendly person or Jamie doesn't like people. They they misunderstood your introversion. It, it hit their insecurities and their, their conclusion was it's Jamie's problem that she has with me. Is that maybe, true?
2: Maybe, maybe that, <laughs> um, you know, because I do, I feel like, yeah, I'm married to an extrovert. And I feel like everybody hes best friends with everybody. And then I had uh, my mother in law was an extrovert as well. So she never, you know, met an acquaintance, everybody was her best friend. So I think um, <laughs> that standoffishness that was perceived um, came across as um, you know she doesn't like people or the an odd thing would happen if I did well in social settings where I was talkative or I could I could hang I could hold my own with the extroverts I'd say something about being an introvert and people would say oh no don't say that about yourself you're not an introvert as if it was right
1: it's
0: evil right
2: right oh don't say that about yourself though no, that's not nice yeah. Fine, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm okay with it.
0: And <clears throat> yeah, that's that's why there's no support groups for introverts because they don't really want to be around each yeah, other. so that, that's Yeah, Zoom yeah. <laughs> support groups are great. Alone in our house, right? <laughs> right. So good. Uh,
1: and so, uh, Jamie, you've got an, uh, another one here. Why don't you uh, give us uh, myth number two?
2: Yeah, Um, that we uh, we don't play well with others and we're socially awkward. So, (laughs) um, again, uh, that goes back to, you know, the whole we prefer to have smaller, smaller groups. And and again, I I think one thing I wanted to point out, uh, a common misnomer about introverts is that it's that we don't want to be around people that we don't like that we're socially awkward. We don't play well with others. And it's not that it's the difference between introvert introversion and extroversion is where you draw your energy from. Um, I think extroverts, um, feel energized after being around large groups of people and a lot of activity and social events, introverts, um, did okay in those situations and they love being around their people, but they need that time alone. They need that replenishing activity, that whatever to, um, to recharge to get their energy back um as far as not playing well with others and being socially awkward um, again it goes back to um, the small groups of people I, I think when you'll when you get really close to an introvert and you're in that small group or that one-on-one setting you'll find that an introvert's actually very um discerning insightful um observant and humble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, are you allowed to say that about yourself? one of my benefits. I'm no, just really I humble. just
2: thought that would be funny to tack on the end of all of those really great attributes. You know, because we're we're just kind of observing the situation. And honestly, some of the funniest people I know are introverts because yes. if you're in this group and it's the small interaction going on one on one, and there's the jokes can get heard it's not overpowered by the uh all the extroverts in the room and i think the that social awkwardness that's perceived comes from um the fact that small talk isn't easy so um you know we don't necessarily love um the, hey this is great weather we're having oh it's really dark early now oh where do you come from all of the small talk <laughs> stuff is really grueling for us to have to i'm, to I'm
0: laughing because i've literally had those conversations with strangers in the last week those yes. those exact phrases yeah like, hey yes. it's getting dark yeah yeah yeah
2: and if the person <laughs> the stranger you were talking to was an introvert they were screaming inside while you were having <laughs> that conversation <with> them. <laughs> i'm, just, uh, I'm telling you, just telling you go ahead
0: jim i mean like some people are external thinkers mm-hmm. silence is awkward uh, some people are internal thinkers silence is golden and i i really don't know what i'm thinking until i hear myself say it i mm-hmm. i i have to i have to verbally process things whereas mm-hmm. i'll talk to people and say what do you think about this they'll go give me three mm-hmm. days I, like what are you doing Wait, <laughs> are you, did you did you hear what i said did you are you trying to like just work with me and they're like I, I am i'm thinking about it. i'm like why would you do that why no. would you do it that way you know yes. so I, god creates us all differently can you imagine yeah. if you're all extroverts it'd be like a like somebody threw a fox into a chicken coop, you know, there, there'd be no rhyme or reason and, and uh, a bunch of noise. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you, you talk about in the article, not just the myths, but, mm-hmm. but you also got into the kind of the, sur- I'm trying the survival tips. Survival
2: tips. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and again, sure. I, I think what you're saying, just if I could re- recap it a bit, we're not talking about overcoming a handicap. Right. We're, we're, we're talking right. about being effective mm-hmm. as, as God has made you. Mm-hmm. Um, not isolating yourself because, well, they're just scary, loud, mm-hmm. you know, but, but saying, you know, I, I have a role in, yeah. in the conversations around me, but because it's a little bit harder for me uh, because of the way God's designed me, I have some ideas. And I, I know you being married to, you said an extrovert. I think he's a quadruple extrovert. He's a, there's, you know, he's like, you're saying, everybody's his best friend and you're going to be standing there on his arm. He's going to do 90%. I would imagine of the talking, in -hmm. in a strange environment. So give it, give us some of your survival tips. Um, what do you, what do you do when you're, you're married to a, an extrovert or, you know, you're the the world around you is extroverted and you're an introvert.
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, I I do, I like what you said there, you know, I do feel like it's part of obviously the way God made me. And, the attributes I have as an introvert are gifts um, that right. I that I bring to the body of Christ. Um, <laughs> like I, I said, that oftentimes, introverts are very insightful. They see things that other people don't see because they're paying attention to the details because they're not distracted by all of the activity and the, the extroversion that's going on around them. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they can kind of pick up on the nuances of, of, um, conversations and situations and things like that. But, um, yeah, so I, I like what you said there, but anyway, one of the, um, first survival, um, tips that I, um, you know, I talked about in my blog was to, when you're in a situation like that where you're, you're either, leading an event an activity or a service if you're in ministry or that type of thing I think it's important that over the course of that stretch of time that you're that you're leading is to um, um, make time for one-on-one interaction in that group setting um, mm. take time to kind of break away and have one-on-one conversations with people. It doesn't have to be all um, you know speaking from the stage or, or large groups but just those small, like little recharge bits where you can right. take time to to break away and i think you know a, another myth that that comes into play is that because we're introverted we can't be good leaders because we're not you know good at at being um in the spotlight or or, or running the show but the thing about um introverts is we tend to draw um teams around us we're good at team building because Mm -hmm. we find people that are um, good at complementing our strengths and filling in our weaknesses and they tend to be very loyal to us because they know we care deeply about them so in those situations you know that first survival tip is to find um, find time for for one-on-one in the in the group the big event the big thing you know
1: hey Jamie can I just interject there because I what you just said I think was needs to be said again. Mm -hmm. That intro, you know, this myth of introverts not being able to be effective leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've worked with pastors now for well over 15 years. I'm shocked how many pastors are introverts.
2: Yes, that's, um, that's something I've noticed in this role that we're in too is as we get to connect with people and, and, and travel the state and the country. And as I'm talking to people I and mean, I start talking about my own introversion, it's just this like sigh of relief that people are like, oh my goodness, it's so good to know there's more of us out there.
1: Yeah. Solidarity. Right. And and the way that I've I I've kind of got my my mind around this is uh, when I tell people I'm shy, Mm
0: -hmm. they're
1: all shocked. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. that I'm a shy person. I'm i I'm an introverted person, but I have a very extroverted role. Mm -hmm. And and so I can't use my introversion as an excuse. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: In in an, you know, I, if you're a pastor, you're in the people business, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, it's all about people. And, and so I can't use my introversion as a, as something I hide behind and say, well, I I don't like being around people because I'm an introvert. No, that's not how it works. You, you turn on the extrovert. You learn how to turn that on. That's not fake. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's, it's, it's not disingenuous. It, what it is, is you, you step into the role and you, you turn that on because people need you to interact with them. Now, when that's all done, like you said, nap time, right? After, after, or, or please, nobody talk to me. Nobody talk to me for the next three hours. I don't I want to words. process any no external more stimulation.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
1: but, but I do oh. think that I, I do think that maybe some who are listening or watching today may feel disqualified yeah. in some sense, right? Because I don't have the big personality. I don't have the I just don't have that extroverted bent in my life. And I don't, I think nothing can be further from the truth that if you're introverted, God can use you in powerful yeah. ways. Um, and so don't discount yourself. Don't devalue yourself because you have this particular personality uh, trait.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't necessarily have, sound theological basis for this but all through the thank next you.
1: thank you for preempting it
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, this, is, this isn't borderline heresy or anything like that but all through the <laughs> new testament you know you see jesus he's interacting with the huge crowds and you know healing people and and doing just the work of the ministry but he escapes to be alone I mean, he he goes off in the boat. He's taken a nap in the boat. He goes off and the people still find him. He went off to pray. He goes, you know, to, to the garden alone or with just his group of his disciples, his his friends there. And he, he had that small group of friends, you know, that he poured into with regularity. So I don't know, maybe Jesus was an introvert. I'm, I'm just You saying. know,
0: I was thinking, as, as you were talking about it just earlier, I thought, I wonder who who was extroverted in the, in the Bible, or introverted rather, and I... I think we can all agree probably peter was an extrovert he yeah. seems to be the first one out of the boat the first one to say something but john i don't think was mm-hmm. um i think barnabas probably was more introverted than than paul's extroverted you know um no
2: again i'm not saying jesus was an introvert that's probably just something i'm saying to you know comfort my <laughs> <Yeah>. myself because <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I see
0: jesus as an extrovert
2: <laughs> but i but I, I think i think
0: there has to be a balance right there's no mm-hmm. such thing as an extrovert that that doesn't need to stop, or an introvert that doesn't need to go. There's, right, right. they're, they're, they're both necessary. And maybe that the challenge of an extrovert is to stop, and the challenge of an introvert is to go. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you this: you talk about leaders, John, being uh, introverted. Uh, an extrovert will talk when there's nothing really to talk about, and and his words are, you know, as the average man speaks ten thousand words. I, I'm known to have gusts up to thirty thousand words a day, just mm-hmm. just because I'm fishing, you know. But, I, but when an introvert speaks the whole room watch them the whole room will listen yes. as they only speak if they have something to say right, versus right. we're we're uncomfortable with the silence so we continue to to talk
2: it's yeah. true it's true it's, I that, what's that one proverb it's my favorite proverb about um in in many words there's there's sin so you've gotta <laughs> say,
1: yeah where, there, where words are many sin is not absent <laughs> yes.
0: that's all that better word. better to hold your tongue and let the world think you're an idiot than know Open your mouth, remove all doubt. That's a paraphrase of another proverb. But that's that as well is, is proverbial.
1: So Jamie, you uh what you had another survival tip for introverted leaders. Yeah, Can yeah, you, yeah. Uh, speak and speak to that.
2: This one's just kind of a practical, um, a practical thing that I was actually talking to an extrovert friend of mine and and just lamenting the fact that I have had countless like just mortifyingly awkward exchanges because small talk is hard so as I'm getting to know somebody in a long situation wow. um you know a new hairdresser or something like that where you're you're kind of like forced into conversation for a, I've got a lot of hair so that's like a long period of time so you had to
0: use that example with John and I a new hairdresser do you think that's applicable <laughs> I don't or know It's just or any, mean. it's just just cruel <laughs> <laughs> always
2: always with the hair but um I just, you know, I've had several strange encounters where I've been required to have lots of small talk and I just don't know how to do it. So strange conversation topics. I'll just pluck from the back of my my brain of like the weird bits of knowledge I I know. And then I just go with it. And it's like this ball starts rolling. And again, inside, I'm just screaming, be quiet, be quiet. They don't care about this. So I was telling my extrovert friend about this and she says, you know, I have a little tip for you. She said, keep a list in your phone of um, small talk topics. And, you know, if the if you know you're going into a situation where you're getting to know someone for the first time, pull the note up on your phone, take a quick peek, a quick review of it so that you've got some, you know, topics just to chit chat about right off, off the bat. And um, it, it kind of like smooths things over. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, rely on the weird information you have about cults and cult leaders in your head to drive the conversation <laughs> but um and then maybe even take it a step further after that conversation if it's somebody you're um forming a, a relationship with a connection with or networking with make follow up and keep another note in your phone about that person of the things you learned through the small talk so just a, a little practical tip there yeah. for those who struggle with the the small talking
0: what uh what do you what do you think about like an introvert just asking interesting questions that then the person has to is it the problem i don't want to hear people talk or is it that the awkwardness of conversation is painful because can you say so how long have you been doing here yeah did you learn that i mean these are five you know five question or five word questions they they can well, go off on ended. for ten minutes.
2: Yeah, yeah, open-ended questions because if the questions are yes or no, then you're as the introvert, yeah. you're stuck like referring to your your note, looking down at your phone. Okay, next question. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those good open-ended questions that kind of like generate yeah. generate dialogue, and then you like, know, do you have
0: any kids? How old are they? All oh, that's nice.
2: Yeah, you know yeah. that
0: guy. Kind of, like they're they're doing eighty percent, ninety percent of the talking now. It seems is that painful to an introvert, or is that no? That's
2: way? not when you okay. kind of preface things with tell me about you know Mm -hmm. because then that kind of puts the onus back on them to to keep the conversation going and then um and again that kind of um adds to that that quality of of introverts where we're observant and we're we're learning the information and we're you know keeping track of the details of the of the situation so yeah no that's good
1: well jamie we'd like to Uh, continue to talk about this subject, Uh, but we're out of time for uh, today's podcast. Jim, would you, uh, well, well, first of all, Jamie, would you join us for another one?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. We can, we can chit chat in between if you like, and just kind of have some small talk. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, thank you. Because I, I, again, I I think what you're saying um, about who God made you to be and the effectiveness of that is helpful to people that look in the mirror and believe less mm-hmm. and, and maybe there's a season in your life where you said I you know what am I doing here I'm not I'm not equipped for this or I'm not qualified for this because I'm not I, you know something that that the expectation would be and I, I like it when you say no, I'm I'm very much a partner in ministry uh, in churches in my marriage in my family and who I am is valuable and God is using me I but I am different than an extrovert a D or an I or an S or a C, you know, and the disc assessments, they not, not one is wrong. And four, uh, you know, are are right. It's everybody is what God made them to be. So thank you so much for sharing who you are. I think it's helpful <clears> to people <throat> that feel like they have to hide behind or or make up this persona. And that's, that's hypocrisy, right? Yeah, that's uh, a yeah. is an actor. So yeah. being who you are is great. So God bless you. Thanks for doing that. And God bless you, our listeners and watchers for being a part of this today. If you are Thinking, man, I'd like to talk more about this. Uh, you can go to convergecoach.com backslash links. Is that right? Did I get that right, John? That's uh, a lot of words for
1: me. contact us. Contact
0: or... backs. Yeah, yeah. I did that on purpose so people would hear it, you know, from you, and it would be it'd be more impactful, probably. Not true. But I, I, uh, I, uh, I want you to know something. Like we are cheering, praying, rooting for your success. We, are, I, I think it's Bob Mumford said, our fruit grows on other people's trees. And I I like that picture that what we're doing is helping, cultivating, watering, um, pruning, protecting, weeding. And and we are here um, because that's where God has placed us. Converge Coaching is here for you. So God bless you and may this day be blessed. It's Tuesday. You didn't quit. Congratulations. One more week in the books, another new week starting. So we will talk to you again soon as you continue to lead from alignment.